what inspires me is helping other people, being of service, being of service to somebody else. Social entrepreneurship can be transformative, not just for the entrepreneur, but for their wider community. It's not only helping the other person change their life, but you as a person also benefits in the sense that not only on monetary gain, but as a person you, you find fulfillment in life. Welcome to Grit and Growth from the Stanford Graduate School of Business, the podcast where Africa and South Asia's intrepid entrepreneurs share their trials and triumphs with insights from Stanford faculty and global experts on how to tackle challenges and grow your business. I'm your host, Darius Teeter, the Executive Director of Stanford C. Today, we've got another installment of our series of short takes, where we bring you bite-sized stories of amazing entrepreneurs. For this episode, we're traveling to Nairobi, Kenya, where one entrepreneur is showing how a single business can build an entire profession. My name is Grace Macharia. I'm a speech and language therapist, and I'm the founder of uh, SLT Support, um, an allied health company that is working in hospitals. Grace doesn't have the typical background of an entrepreneur. It's interesting because my first career was a teacher. I used to be a fine art teacher. <laughs> yeah, and I get bored easily. So our teaching system, the way it was then, once you qualify as a teacher, you just don't progress much. So I got tired of teaching regular students. So I got into special education. So I went to teach deaf children because my thought was if I could teach the deaf fine art, then we can get them out of the street because a lot of deaf children, people will find them selling sweets in the streets because they had no other career choice. And so my first teaching was in current school for the deaf, but I also didn't stay there long because shortly after that, I went to UK to study, to do a master's in speech and language therapist. That's how I became a speech therapist. Being a speech therapist is very different from being a teacher. When you're a teacher, once you have gone through a year, you know what you're going to teach in the next year. You can actually even teach with your eye closed. But as a speech therapist, anybody who walks into that door is different. It does not matter whether they have the same condition. If it's somebody with a stroke, they'll present differently. And so you get challenged on a day-to-day -day basis. But the most exciting bit is the impact you get to see in a very short period of time. Creating impact is what drives grace. When I was growing up, I thought life is made up of just having and uh, acquiring a lot of money. But uh, there comes a time when money actually is not a solution to anything. But when you provide a service to somebody and you see them getting a solution from what you've provided and making a difference in their life, you feel motivated. I remember the thing that really, really uh, motivated me to be a speech therapist and to know that I actually was on the right path is getting a lady who was uh, 24 years old and uh, she had a stammer. And so she came for therapy and the first assessment, we couldn't even read a paragraph. For five minutes, we tried, she couldn't even read. Her sister used to be her spokesperson, her stammer was that bad. Um, then we started doing therapy. By the fourth session, she gave us a presentation for five minutes. And I knew this is what I wanted to do. 
But even with all her passion and training, Grace was limited in what she could accomplish by herself. After coming back to the country, one of the things I, I found very difficult is to get um, support as a speech therapist working alone in an environment where you don't have other people who can support you. You'd not get by supported by the hospitals you work with, neither would you get money from the banks. And I realized if we want to change the way things are, we need to increase in numbers. And the only way we can increase in numbers is being having access to something that you can be able to use on your own. Because like when I approached hospitals, explaining to them how I would love to develop the department, nobody took me seriously. The only way I can be able to help is if I become an entrepreneur, then I'd have a service that I'm in charge of. I can make decisions. And as a result, I can be able to clone myself so that I don't just work as a lone ranger. Business didn't always come naturally to Grace. So when I started this company, I still had a mindset of being employed because uh, uh, all my life I was in employment. So I actually was not an entrepreneur. So I only had one um, admin person. We really didn't have kind of like a business model. I didn't have an entrepreneur mindset. So like uh, being able to track our finances and how, how we are spending and, and budget uh, because before I was just getting money, put me money in bank, money out, and sometimes I would not even account for it. Even though she lacked business knowledge, Grace had one of the most important traits of an entrepreneur, persistence. No matter how disappointing sometimes things can be, not giving up. For me to have trained to become a speech therapist, I needed money to travel to UK and I needed a lot of uh, funding. And as a teacher, my pay was not enough. So I got a scholarship from the Ministry of Health. And the way it happened is that I involved one of my direct, the director of the, you know, the institution I was working in. And I remember her telling me one day that she would hate to live with me because I'm very persistent. <laughs> and I told her, things don't just happen. They're made to happen. As Grace sought out business and leadership programs, her confidence grew. I actually got to understand who an entrepreneur is and how we can use tools to be able to organize business. In fact, one of the things that I enjoyed most is uh, operation because I had no operation, neither did I have any system. But attending that program uh, helped me to see the need of getting some kind of formal structures and formal organization. So I was able to get a finance person to help us in uh, outsourcing for funds and also budgeting, and also to get a HR person. It wasn't just Grace's business that was transforming. It has changed me because before I used to do things my own way, and I only had myself to consult. But now I know that every person who is I'm, I'm working with is part of a team. It is through the way I lead it with them and the way I encourage them to lead it to each other that will make a difference in working situation. Before, I didn't think that was that important, but everything has changed. I am now actually, I would call myself a leader. I never used to think I was a leader. <laughs> Grace demonstrated her leadership by thinking beyond the success of just her business, by lobbying policymakers to recognize speech therapy as a profession in Kenya. I wanted to see how I could get people to understand that speech therapist actually is an important profession. So there was no employment. 
because nobody as a cadre is not uh, recognized as a profession. And so by getting myself a company, it was to see whether we could start um, a practice that could also use to seek out for guidance from the Ministry of Health so that we can be registered, recognized, and most probably also have a voice in, in putting in policy making. In Kenya, uh, when I came back from training, that was 2011, there were about five speech therapists. And out of the five, all of them were trained out of the country. And so uh, you can imagine five speech therapists for a population of 21 million. <laughs> that was it. But today we have an association of speech and language therapists in Kenya. I think uh, practicing speech therapists right now are almost 20. As Grace built her business, she came to understand that speech therapy was sometimes only one piece of the support that her clients needed. When I started working as a speech therapist, one of the most frustrating things is that we don't work in multidisciplinary approach in most cases. Most of the clients we see or patients we see need to be attended to by a physiotherapist, an occupational therapist, and a speech therapist, and sometimes even a counseling psychologist and a nutritionist. I'm happy to say that we have onboarded occupational therapists, so now we have an occupational therapist we are working with. And recently, we got spotted by a company from India that specializes with children development centers. And uh, that is one of the things we're having a talk with them, how we can, we can work together and they can assist us in training to start on early intervention when children are still very, very young in NICU, neonatal ICU. And we can start giving them therapy and uh, stimulating their reflexes. And by the time they are getting older, then most of the disability they end up developing then can be stopped because a lot of them end up going to hospital every other two weeks being uh, admitted because of aspiration pneumonias. So if we can start early, then we can prevent a lot of disability that is ongoing right now. Grace and her company, SLT Support, have changed the landscape of speech therapy in Kenya. And she knows that there's still more to do. It's a, a, a profession that still needs a lot of attention. A lot of the people who need our services actually don't get it. When we have access to all this in every county, not just in Nairobi, not in just the cities in Kenya, but in every county we have access to rehabilitation for everybody, child, adult, everybody. And not just in Kenya, East Africa, that would be ultimate goal, uh, success for me. And uh, I wouldn't say I've gone to where I want to be because I want to see my dream come true. I want to see the results, my dream. I love Grace's story because it highlights some essential things about social entrepreneurs. First, success follows passion and persistence. Entrepreneurship wasn't Grace's first career or even her second. The business didn't take off right away, but she kept pushing, fueled by her desire to help others. Second, business knowledge is something you can learn. Nobody is born knowing how to run a company. The reason we know Grace is because she participated in the Aspire Business Growth Program a collaboration between Stanford Seed and the African Management Institute. Finally, Grace's story shows the transformative effects of social enterprise. Directly, SLT support treats patients and trains new therapists, but it doesn't stop there. Her vision is reshaping the therapeutic model in Kenya, creating an approach that is holistic, 
multidisciplinary, and better for patients. These compounding effects generate a far greater reach than what Grace had on her own. Thank you to Grace Macharia for sharing her voice and helping others do the same. If you'd like to learn more about the Aspire Business Growth Program, which helps businesses with revenues between $30,000 and $400,000 per annum, we'll have a link in our show notes. If you like this episode, follow us and leave a review on your favorite podcast app. Erica Amawake Ajay and VN Virgin researched and developed content for this episode. Kendra Gladich is our production coordinator, and our executive producer is Tiffany Steves. With writing and production from Nathan Tower and sound design and mixing by Ben Crannell at Lower Street Media. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back soon with another episode.